Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to WikiShuffle. I'm hosting today because... Because you uh, asked. Because I asked. <laughs> and it's going well so far. It's Make-A-Wish Foundation. So, joining me on this podcast that I do is Jack... Hello. And Phil. Hello. And I am Chris. What is this podcast? This podcast is where we press the random article button on Wikipedia and stuff happens and it's funny. I couldn't put it better myself. Yeah, if you go to wikishuffle.go.uk, stuff is there. We have Instagram, that's a thing. Twitter. At wikishufflepod. That's the one. All bases covered. I'm good. I'm, I'm hosting mad. I'm good at this. I hope you've enjoyed hosting for your one and only time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll resume normal service next week. I but think I now. did okay. I think I was fine. List of scandals with the gate suffix. Oh, I hate this. Phone gate, jack gate. Jack gate? There's going to be a jack gate at some point. <laughs> yeah, probably. This is a list of scandals or controversies whose names in scholarly sources include a gate suffix by analogy with the Watergate scandal. The suffix gate derives from the Watergate scandal of the United States in the early 70s, which resulted in the resignation of US President Richard Nixon. The scandal was named after the Watergate complex in Washington, D.C. The complex itself was named after the Watergate area, where the symphony orchestra concerts were staged on the Potomac River between 1935 and 1960. See, I don't really know. Like, what, what was the Watergate thing? Did they say a bad thing and it got heard? It was the Watergate Hotel and they bugged certain rooms in the hotel so that they could hear what was going on. But I'm not quite sure what it was that they were listening in on. Mm. But whatever it was, that's not good political practice, is no. it? And then X-Men First Class happened. Is that, <laughs> is that what happened? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. The suffix is used to embellish a noun or name to suggest the existence of a far-reaching scandal, particularly in politics and government. As a CBC News column noted in 2001, the term may suggest an unethical behaviour such as a cover-up. Sorry, Phil. I don't know whether it's because I I went to see Zoolander yesterday, and I don't know what just happened, but I looked across at Jack, who's wearing my scarf now, for reasons unknown, and he did... cold. He put his phone up, and I think... He took a selfie and he pouted <laughs> with my scarf on. Did that? Is that what happened? Yeah, that's pretty much what happened, yeah. Ah, okay. Just, I'll just check him because it was a really weird thing to see. I, I can selfie too. But, but you pouted, like Justin Bieber. Yeah, it was for you. Who are you sending the selfie to? You and Chris. I've already sent it. That is exactly what happened. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? I look quite fetching. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, we've got the cover-up for this episode sorted anyway. Don't you dare. <laughs> That's for your eyes yeah. only. No, it's not. For your eyes only. It's public now. No. 
In fact, tweet it. <laughs> if either of you tweet that, I'm never talking to you again, ever. Win-win. <laughs> the same usage has spread into languages other than English. Examples of gate being used to refer to local political scandals have been reported from Argentina, Germany, Korea, Hungary, Greece, and the former Yugoslavia. Such usages have been criticised by commentators as cliched and misleading. James Stanier comments that revelations are given the gate suffix to add a thin veil of credibility following Watergate, but most bear no resemblance to the painstaking investigation of that particular piece of presidential corruption. Stanya links the widespread use of gate to what sociologist John Thompson calls scandal syndrome. Scandal syndrome. So what follows is a massive list of pretty much any noun in the world just with the word gate yeah, after it. Basically, this is a list of lazy journalism. Yes. And yeah. let's let's celebrate lazy journalism in all its forms. And Celebgate from 2014. AKA a- the Fappening. That was that. Jack knows all the terms. Oh, come on, everyone knows that as the Fappening, not Celebgate. A collection of almost 500 private pictures of various celebrities, notably Jennifer Lawrence, Kate Upton, Kirsten Dunst and Jessica Brown Findlay, many containing nudity were posted on the image board 4chan and later disseminated by other users on websites and social networks such as Imgur and Reddit. See, I, I remember this, but I didn't... You it, didn't partake? No. I feels like it, an invasion of... It does, I mean, it is an invasion gross, of privacy. It? It's, um, yeah, if, if, for example, I took a picture of myself trying to just enjoy a moment <laughs> privately, uh, uh, and I maybe sent that, that picture to two people that I thought I could trust, it's my right to choose who sees pictures of me in whatever state I want. And if those pictures were then sent online mm. to every Tom, Dick and Harry, I would not be appreciative of that. Do you know and what? It's the same with Celebgate. Yeah, and um, what is that app? Is it Periscope? Oh, come on. <laughs> when, <laughs> when someone does that, and it's an invasion, isn't it? It's not very nice when someone does that. No. It's I a mean, horrible feed, I'd actually. Is it? Yeah. Get over yourself. <laughs> Closet Gate in 2006, the controversy that erupted following the broadcast of the South Park episode Trapped in the Closet, a satirical parody of the Church of Scientology and some of its famous adherents, such as Tom Cruise. Is that four episodes in a row we've had a Tom Cruise mention, though? Yeah. Tom Cruise would be a good guest. Let's see if you can make that happen. Okay, I'll try. Flake Gate in 2000. Photographs of the wedding reception of TV presenter Anthea Turner were used to promote Cadbury's <laughs> then new Snowflake chocolate bar, bringing scorn from the tabloid press and causing Turner to claim that this report was not part of the £450,000 OK Magazine paid for exclusive access to her wedding. That was such a big deal, and I still don't really know why. She got ruined by the press. Well, she did lose have a flake. You've not planned your wedding that well if you're serving flakes as a course. <laughs> <laughs> I would know. never pretend to be a wedding planner. I have never planned a wedding. But if I was to, I don't think I'd include flakes. But what if they were the new snowflake variety? White chocolate. And if they paid me lots of money to do it, then yeah, I probably would, I'd actually. I'd eat anything for £450,000, and I mean anything. That's bullshit. I would eat anything. Four hundred and fifty thousand pounds. There's not many. Four hundred. I wouldn't. I would do anything for four hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Honestly, I'd do anything. (laughs) Name something, I'd do it. Murder. I'd do it. (laughs) You would kill a human for four hundred and fifty thousand pounds. I mean, it depends what human. I'm not going to kill my mum or like. So there is a line. There is a line. You were about to say me there. You looked at me and went, and then you went. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of money. If you could, if I could murder someone and get away with it, if I could be guaranteed I would not go to prison, 450k, yeah, I'd do it. I wouldn't. Come on. No. I'd love to have loads of money. Screw everyone else. (laughs) No, I'm not sure, I'm not sure murder, but you know, within reason I would do 
anything. It's interesting, isn't it? Mm. You can extend this argument. So let's take an example that isn't murder. Let's do something a little less morally dubious. So full nude spread that's going to be on a billboard in the centre of your hometown... Mm-hmm. £450,000, you fully naked, I would and it's going to be up for a year. You would do yeah, that. I, think I, would, I, would. I would never live it down, um, and I would be mortally ashamed, but I would have £450,000. So that would be okay. So that okay. would be fine. So yeah. I'm all right with that, will, to be honest. I'll do for... another one. I'll pay for another billboard the, the next year and just have all of my bits covered in money. <laughs> yeah. I think with that one, I, I would do it, and you'd make a thing out of it. I'd make it such a big... Yeah, there's potential to earn even more on top of the £450,000 because it would become such a big story. It would definitely be good for podcast listenership, so I'm encouraging you to do that. Mm. I'm not offering you £450,000 to do it. But my point is, you wouldn't do it for a fiver. No. So somewhere between £5 and £450,000 is the line. Mm. Um, Where does that line exist? uh, Probably... (laughs) £15. So £450,000, yes. £5, mm. no. Mm. £5,000. No. Yes. You'd do it for £5,000? £5,000 would be enough. So this is a billboard right in the centre of town yeah. that you're going to see every day. It's going to be up for a whole year. Mm-hmm. It's you in the all together. Mm-hmm. £5,000 would be enough for you to do that. Yep. Get on Kickstarter, Phil. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Put your money... Oh, honestly, £5,000, we could do a Kickstarter for that and probably raise the money. I'd do that. Phil? Can this we is... can we do a Kickstarter for this? I'm cause... very I'm very impressed by your positive body image that you have there, Chris. Yeah, that good you for you. I, I, I just I just like money. And I like money too, but five thousand I couldn't do it for five thousand. I, could do that I couldn't imagine. do it. No, I'm too ashamed. I would make body. it such a big thing, like a big <laughs> oh, a big mate. event. <laughs> Are you ready for the photo to be taken, Chris? Oh, give me a minute. Give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's too cold. <laughs> but yeah, you, I'd make a big like thing out of it, and I'd be quite fine doing that. £5,000. But what about your horrible body? I don't care about it. I do. I don't want to see that when I'm driving. Car crashes will go up. <laughs> You'd need to guarantee me that I'd get £5,000 to go on deal or no deal. Really? I'm not going down to Bristol for three weeks with a bunch of idiots <laughs> and have to talk to Noel Edmonds every day unless I'm getting a five grand minimum. Huh. Yeah, five grand is probably Imagine you spend. You take all of your work and your leave off. You spend three weeks in Bristol drinking with the worst people in the world who all think if you... Channel positive vibes <laughs> towards boxes. Things are going to work out better for you. You have to talk to Noel Edmonds, and then you come home with a penny. I'd kill myself. I'd rather do the billboard thing than that. Amputation of a finger. Oh, yeah. Any finger. Any for finger. For how much? Wait, how much? This is the question that we're posing, isn't I'll get it? rid of a pinky for five grand. Pinky for five grand. Um, Would you rather do no, that? No, then? you know what? 15. If it was done under anaesthesia surgically, then yeah, I'd probably lose a pinky for 15. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't want it to just be if chopped it's, off. If it's just got to get, you've got to chop it off yourself with a cigar cutter, then. Ooh. But you, you get would rather up to do that, that than do in the buff on a billboard. I'm not saying rather, these are two different options. But I'd rather lose a pinky million, than everyone see my shame. But for half a million. <laughs> I think I could be persuaded to cut off my own little finger for half a million pounds. Oh, I would, definitely. 100%, do that now, I'll do it. I haven't got half a million to give you, and I don't really want your dismembered finger. Mm. I haven't really got a use for it. There's a lot of tidying up involved as well. You don't have to have it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, take it home. (laughs) Nipplegate. Was this when Chris went on a billboard? (laughs) 
<laughs> and showed off my star-shaped nipple jewelry. <laughs> Justin Timberlake revealed Janet Jackson's breast during the halftime show. That's not exactly how it happened, was it? It wasn't, yeah, it? Just... It wasn't Justin Timberlake being a bit Hey, naughty. everybody! Saxgate <laughs> hey. in 2008. Comedian Russell Brand and TV presenter Jonathan Ross left a series of obscene voice messages on the answering machine of actor Andrew Sachs during an episode of the BBC Radio 2 show, The Russell Brand Show. This went on and on. It, it it's still reference now. Doesn't didn't he say that he's like, yeah, it's fine. I'm not that bothered about it. Yeah, it wasn't actually as big a deal as the press made it out to be. Though there's no way it possibly could have been as big a deal as the press made it out to be, because no. that would have involved the death of thousands of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was enough. Oh, it was not a it good thing nice, to do, but, but it didn't deserve. I wouldn't do that. But at the same everything time, everything that came with it. Yeah, it was horribly misjudged. The production staff, in particular, should never have let it happen. It should never have made it to air, like, and it should never have been a thing. Like, but yeah, like when you edit this, and then sometimes he says some awful, awful, awful stuff. You know to get rid of it. I, I use my judgment, not just me. Mostly you. Mostly me. Hackgate. That's... Allegations, this is 2011, allegations that the now defunct News of the World had hacked into the phones of celebrities, politicians, members of the British royal family and victims of crime. Scum. Yeah, but they were getting paid probably more than half a million pounds for doing it, so by your version, that's fine. <laughs> no, uh, no. No, no, everybody no, no, you. No, no. no, wait, hang on a minute, because this is the exact same thing. They were doing this specifically for newspaper sales, specifically for money, so by your logic earlier, they were being paid enough, therefore it's fair game. No, because what I was talking about was... Nobody was killed. I said, Yeah, but I said I wouldn't do murder or killing an animal, but in that, I mean, I wouldn't hack a missing schoolgirl's phone. Like, what the fuck? I'm not... The monster that you two make me out to be. I'm actually a very liberal, lefty, and a great guy. And I would I would not accept money for doing some of the appalling things that the News of the World and Murdoch and all of that lot did, because it's absolutely morally disgusting. Millie Dowler hacking her phone when she's missing. And then still today, I think it was last week, The Sun had a, a basically a, a mid, middle pages spread of what happened to Millie Dowler. And how awful it all and was. And how awful it was, and like in great detail. They're taking a the moral high ground with it. In a way, they're as complicit as anyone else because they are, they're, they're opening the doors for this kind of thing. I mean, it's, it's the same with any serial killer or mass rapist or anything like that. They, they crave the attention, they crave the publicity, and the sun gives it to them. I think the point here is that what was so wrong about that is an institutional issue rather than an individual issue. Yeah. Because if you've got an individual being told, I will pay you a huge sum of money for doing this, then as we've already discussed, the red flag of being offered all of that money will make you do those things because people really like money. What you rely on is an institutional context for that to stop it from happening. And that's what was missing. But sadly, the media is the institution. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, it's been lovely, the, the Hatgate, to see, you know, great people like Steve Coogan and Charlotte Church getting one up on the pricks. What, did having they? Quite, I mean, really? having quite... Yeah, because they've all just got their jobs back now. Rebecca Brooks is back, the other one, he's back. Uh, uh, Murdoch's Andrew son. Wilson. Andrew Wilson. Andrew Wilson. Yeah, yeah Murdoch's son's back in charge. Murdoch's of... marrying Jerry Hall. Yeah, so nobody, <laughs> what? So nobody has had their comeuppance whatsoever. Yeah, all they true. did was shut down a failing newspaper for a few months and then relaunch it again with a different and nobody name. Will. Uh, there was what? no consequence for anybody. Betsy Gates, in 2004, allegations that former United Kingdom Conservative Party leader Ian Duncan Smith had put his wife Betsy on his payroll without her actually doing any work <sighs> yeah Betsy you bone idle lazy Tory is Ian Duncan Smith the worst one 
Um, yes, I think he is. I, I think, think he's he the worst one because he is like proper mean. He's a he's a oh, it's like a Charles Dickens character. Isn't yeah, it? He's a Charles Dickens baddie. There's he that, despises there's a board. load of pictures of him like waving his arms around, really happy when things are getting cut or someone's yeah. getting taken away. Mean, mean man. There's yeah. something, there's a smugness about him mm-hmm. that he's very celebratory about what's happening. And even David Cameron's clever enough to know that that's not a good move. Yeah, it's not a um, good look. That you can be that much of a dickhead that Cameron, Gove, Osborne, and the other one don't even match up to you. It is it's funny. Is that they are a bit like the Beano. It's a bit like <laughs> the Bastard Kids. Kids. <laughs> <laughs> Just the worst. Ian Duncan Smith is smithy in this <laughs> analogy. I like it. Big at gate. UK Prime Minister Gordon Brown is accidentally recorded calling a party supporter a bigot. She was. Yeah, she was. Like, in fairness, she was a bigot. <laughs> that was quite. It's exactly what she was. What was it? Bigoted woman. Bloody bigoted woman. <laughs> but she was a bigot. I can't remember exactly. And that, what that she again, said, it's like he, they left the microphone on, so it's their own fault. But you know, come on, she was Billy Gate. In 1980, U.S. President Jimmy Carter's brother Billy Carter legally represented the Libyan government as a foreign agent. That's not a good idea, is it? Mm-mm. Naughty Billy. Bridgegate in 2013. These were allegations that New Jersey Governor Chris Christie's administration. <laughs> That was enough for a laugh on its own, or have you just remembered the story? I remember the story. New New Jersey Governor Chris Christie's administration ordered lane closures from Fort Lee, New Jersey, to the George Washington Bridge because the Fort Lee mayor did not endorse his re-election. They basically caused the entire infrastructure of the state to grind to a halt just to inconvenience one man. (laughs) Gategate, which is just fantastically meta. You can imagine the journalist who came up with the idea of Gategate and the throbbing erection that it gave them. I'm the best journalist there's ever been. Gate, gate, the world is crying out to hear this. This was the UK political row in 2012 where Andrew Mitchell MP allegedly called a policeman a pleb after he was asked to use another gate to leave Downing Street on his bicycle. This gate scandal is noteworthy for actually involving a gate. (laughs) And, weirdly, another one that involves a conservative politician. What are the chances? Monica Gate... Named after Monica Lewinsky, who had an inappropriate relationship with the then-president, Bill Clinton. Inappropriate relationship is, in inverted commas there, to insinuate blowjob. Oh, Oh, Bill. It was also known as (laughs) Zippergate. Which actually, it scans a lot (laughs) better than Monica Gate, doesn't it? So many gates, Phil. It's a lot of gates. Gareth. He's a gate. I thought that Gategate might have involved Gareth Gates. Oh, there was that thing of him and Jordan. He had sex with Jordan. It's not really. And a then gate all of a sudden, it. his stammer went away. <laughs> it did. I didn't don't it? know if they're connected. That <laughs> <laughs> Jordan's sex may be therapeutic in some ways. I don't know. There are so many of these things. This is the the longest article we've had, I think, isn't it? And there's a lot of scandals. Oh, Ponytail Gate. That was a good one. Do you remember Ponytail Gate from last year? Have I gone ahead? You skip Pastigate. Pastigate. This was the controversy in March, April 2012 around taxation by the UK government of hot snacks such as pasties where conservative ministers were said to be out of touch with the eating habits of ordinary people. Ah, I remember. Was this the one where there's loads of pictures of like MPs outside Greg's? They were all desperate to be seen eating pasties. Ed Miliband going into Greg's, getting his pasty, George Osborne. John Prescott was just going. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't even know the story had broken. He just happened (laughs) to be hanging around at Greg's. (laughs) 
<laughs> Conservative ministers were said to be out of touch with the eating habits of ordinary people. And then three years later, there's photographs of David Cameron eating a hot dog with a knife and fork. <laughs> so it's good that they learned from their mistakes. I can't remember what it was, but that day was very much a case of burying bad news. I can't even remember what it is. See, this they won because I remember the pasties, but I don't remember what they cut on that day. Yeah, well, come but on. It was just come on, like there was something more important to you than pasties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. Pig gate. Piggate your crowning moment because you predicted this a long time ago. Did I though? Well, you, you said on Twitter. But I'm pretty sure I tweeted. I tweeted, I'd love to see David Cameron fuck a pig in 2012. But I'm pretty sure that was straight after the Black Mirror episode of a prime minister having sex with a pig. Mm. But that so itself, it's not that much of a leap, is it? That itself. Did Charlie Brooker had somebody whispered that rumor in his ear that had well, made no, that happen? Well, no. Apparently, it was going. To, it wasn't going to be a pig until the last minute. It's not the greatest stretch, though, is it? that uh, David Cameron would have sex with an animal. Is this libel? Is it libel to say stuff like this? He's never admitted it. The second he denies it, it gives it a weird air of authenticity. Though, it does. It? And I think if he was to want to take any legal action, it would be very strange if he started with us. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. I'll, I'll just say it. He's a pig fucker. You're not the first to have done it. You're not breaking new ground there, are you? No, but I'm just saying it so it's on record. And if you want to sue me for it, go ahead. Can you just sign that off with your name? Phil Sharman. <laughs> head of the David Cameron is a pig fucker community. Ponytail. In 2015, a young waitress claims that Prime Minister of New Zealand, John Key, pulled her hair's ponytail numerous times over several months while visiting the cafe, even after being requested to stop by her and his wife. What? That's weird. <laughs> Did you not... I've not heard this This one, story no. was amazing. And since then, it would appear that John Key has got a thing for pulling people's hair. Really? There's other footage you've been talking about where he's sort of like around young girls and the thing that he'll do is pull their ponytail. Like in a playful way or in a hard... In a way that he thinks is playful but is so inappropriate. Oh yeah, obviously it's inappropriate. But yeah, I mean, but... is it going to hurt or is it just... It's not to the point where it's going to cause them pain but certainly inconvenience and embarrassment. And on the little girls, it... it looks more innocent yeah. but this is a grown woman that he was doing repeatedly did it repeatedly strange. with her whilst giving a sort of cheeky back chat as well mm. she specifically asked him to stop and spoke to his sort of entourage to say can you get him to not do that please and he carried on doing it and then offered a sort of non-apology and sent her a bottle of wine it was all really gross how i mean because i've got no idea about this one so does he do it like like he's turning off a bathroom like uh, yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> it, it's it's like it's a, a fetishism almost. Well, yeah, I was oh. going to say like I'm a great believer in sexual freedom and people should be able to like whatever they want consensually. But, consensually. Yeah, that's yeah, the... yeah. The second it goes into like doing things to people that they don't want, like um, you know, pub, like wanking on a tube onto an unsuspecting woman. I... Not on. <laughs> Pulling people's hair. Not on. I am... Um, not on, Phil. Don't I, try and make excuses. I immediately thought Smarties container when you said tube. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> what? Do that if you want. I mean, it's weird, but feel free. <laughs> you can wank into a Smarties tube if you want. Just don't put it back on the shop shelf. Bladegate... Controversy arisen during the 2012 Summer Paralympics when athlete Oscar Pistorius questioned the size of the running blade of fellow amputee sprinter Alan Oliveira on live television when the former unexpectedly caught up with Pistorius and narrowly overtook him before the finishing line at the men's 200 metres T44 final. I feel murderous for him. <laughs> That's just not on, is it? It's, it's the thing that Oscar Pistorius is most famous for. Wait, hang on, no. no there is another thing. There is another thing. I can't remember what it is now. No, it's 
on. No, it's fine, isn't it? He's all right. I, there is a point to be made there because you could, I could just strap on a pair of two hundred meter long blades, and then I'd probably <laughs> <Jesus>. win. <laughs> oh, there's so many: Bloodgate, Bottlegate, Bountygate, Bumpgate, Bumpergate, Buttongate, Clockgate, Crashgate, Deflategate, Deflategate, Deflategate Two, Fifagate, Grannygate, Gamergate. A controversy regarding sexism in video game culture, alleged questions about journalistic ethics... It's about ethics in journalism. ...and reactions against progressive social criticism of video games. Have I used the C word in the podcast ever? No, No. because your mum listens and I'm the only one who uses it because I don't give a shit about your mum. I tend not to Sorry. use... Sorry. <laughs> really... That's worse than saying the C word, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Sharman. I reckon you're lovely, probably. I'm more than happy to crack open the C word in reference to Gamer Gators. Ooh. And consequences be damned. But... I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. The people involved in Gamergate... Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Can't just, said it yet. No, I just want to prepare myself. Because this is like a... It's like someone saying it in the archers or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's a special moment. The people involved in Gamergate, and it's not just men, bizarrely. How is oh, it not weird. just men? It's How? Weird. But collectively, the entirety of Gamergate is just a massive circle of cunts. <gasps> oh, my... I'm sorry, Mrs. Sharman. <laughs> um... You've obviously not done a good enough job raising your son. Because <laughs> that is a disgrace. It is true though, and I like I'm I like I'm a big game person, and it sort of brings it down. You, you like to go after the big game, <laughs> yes, mostly the lions, taking, taking down elephants. <laughs> but it's, it brings it down because these people are idiots. It makes me really sad that these people exist and they continue to do it and make something that's quite a nice hobby into something that's like, oh, stupid now. Yeah. I, I only sort of saw this. I didn't really pay much attention to it when it was happening, but it, it was basically hounding women off of gaming. Is that, yeah. that the gist of it? Uh, yeah. And being awful to and, journalists. And rape threats. And, journalists. Yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, just the worst it's kind of is that, is that Gamergate or is it just Mangate? Uh, yeah, no, well, because I, mean, I know it's specific to gaming in this this in this instance, context. But Jesus Christ, a, we're awful. <laughs> it is a manifestation of a wider problem. That's definitely true. But the big problem with Gamergate is the way that it dresses itself up as being some sort of important ethical business that they are redressing a balance in some way, which is just such utter bullshit mm-hmm. that. It, it's contemptible in so many different ways. It's so angry and vindictive and just mean and, and stupid and incredibly stupid. Thousand Yard Stare. The Thousand Yard Stare or Two Thousand Yard Stare, make up your mind. Hmm is a phrase coined to describe the limp, blank, unfocused gaze of a battle-weary soldier. Or one of my sexual partners. <laughs> Can you give me a, a, a thousand, what? Give me a thousand yards there. By having sex with you? No, I want. You to oh, you want me to give you? Right, okay. I'll try. Hang on. I've got to think. I've seen some shit. Right. Imagine that billboard. Wow. You have seen some shit. This is your normal face, but bleaker. Yeah. 
What are you thinking about? Pasties. <laughs> <laughs> default, just default position. It's the end of pasties. Is that what you're thinking of? <laughs> what if the pasty tax had become uh, real? No, no, it's, it's, I'm just imagining going into Greg's and they've sold out. <laughs> mm, harrowing. Awful. Just me and John Prescott sitting in the corner crying. <laughs> The symptom it describes may also be found among victims of other types of trauma. A characteristic of shell shock, the despondent stare reflects dissociation from trauma. The thousand-yard stare is thus often seen in cases of incipient post-traumatic stress disorder. Oh, Chris. You are right. Yeah, you just look constipated. <laughs> yeah, it's quite hard to do, because I haven't seen war. There's been a few war films that have made me feel like I was doing the thousand-yard stare afterwards. Really? It's Come big. and see. I've heard about that one. Russian war film about a Belarusian village being set on fire during the Second World War. It's the most yeah. hideous, depressing thing ever. And I genuinely, for the next few days after seeing that, I walked around with what must have looked like a thousand yards there. Small soldiers with Tommy Lee Jones. War games <laughs> with Matthew Broderick. <laughs> All of the above. So you've never seen war, Chris? No, have you? No, nor anybody I know. We are... Probably. Lucky fucks. We are lucky. I'm not saying that we're not lucky, but we are probably, and I'm going to classify us as being in the same generation here, but Gen Xers and millennials that Mm. we we categorise ourselves into, we are the most dissociated from war that Mm. there has probably ever been. And yet the people that are turning up at our border have actually had first-hand accounts. And yeah. what do we do? We demonise them and treat them like shit rather than offer them any kind of sympathy or compassion. Right on our high horses today, aren't we? We are, yeah. Mm. And you know what? I feel good about it. Yeah, man. Coney 2012. Let's make this happen. <laughs> Let's do it. The phrase Thousand Yards Stare was first popularised after Life magazine published the painting Marines Call It That 2000 Yard Stare by World War II artist and correspondent Tom Lee. The painting, a 1944 portrait of a Marine at the Battle of Peleliu, is now held by the United States Army Centre for Military History about the real-life Marine who was his subject. Lee said... He left the States 31 months ago. He was wounded in his first campaign. He has had tropical diseases. He half sleeps at night and gouges Japs out of holes all day. Two thirds of his company has been killed or wounded. He will return to attack this morning. How much can a human being endure? Gouges Japs out of holes all day. War's awful. It is bad. So there is a picture of Thomas Lee's The 2000 Yards Stare. And it certainly does not make me want to live the life of the person depicted there. Mm. When recounting his arrival in Vietnam in 1965, then-Corporal Joe Hall said that he saw no emotion in the eyes of his new squad. The look in their eyes was like the life was sucked out of them. Later learning that the term for their condition was the thousand yards stare, Hall said, after I lost my first friend, I felt it was best to be detached. I mean, it's, a, it's an effective term, and certainly there's some, there's some photographs here of people exhibiting this kind of trauma, and it's a pretty accurate description. For the chicane album, see Thousand Miles Stare. <laughs> <laughs> Good old chicane. Thank you, dear listener, for listening to Wiki Shuffle episode 55. I said that like an Australian. I just mean, is it was this was this fifty five? Yeah, yes, fifty five. Well done, guys. Uh, have we got anything? Any news, Phil? No. Nope. Chris, there was something that I forgot to mention when we had our guest on uh, last week, and he's looking at me now like he's 
the most depressed man in the world that I'm bringing this up. Phil, you don't know this, what I'm about to reveal. This is exciting information. This is our guest, Alex Haddo. Two Alex, special episodes on, still available yep. to listen to now. Episode Bonus episodes 52 and 54. That's the one. Alex went to school with me and Chris. I knew Back that. Back in the day, we mentioned that on the podcast. But neither of us had spoken to it for 10 years. years. Anyway, back in the day, Alex had a boyfriend. And that boyfriend's name was Christopher Wallace. And it wasn't the Notorious B.I.G. It was that Chris Wallace sitting opposite me now. How far back in history are we talking here? I was on 11 or 12. 11 or 12. How sweet. Oh, I can't imagine you as an 11-year-old. I just can't can't picture the same. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and how did that come about? Um, I, I can't really remember because it was we just started secondary school. Mm-hmm. I think she got her friend to ask me out, mm-hmm. and I said in, in a very year seven kind of way. Yeah, like, so her friend had to report. Chris. Yeah, and I, I at that point didn't know like who who Alex was. <laughs> <laughs> But I had. But you said yes anyway. Yeah, I had like an inkling. It would be one of the girls that I was talking to in an English lesson, Um, and one of those girls was our mutual friend who is known on the podcast as Brenda. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So I said yes. I will. I will. Because you fancied a bit of Brenda. I fancied Brenda at the time, Uh, so I said yes. Mm. Um, and then it, it wasn't it was Alex which was lovely still <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't mind at the age of 11 or 12 like you know you were like I've got a girlfriend this is, I've got a girlfriend this is great now. yeah and um, does she know this um, she doesn't know that bit no I mean she's going to be terribly disappointed she's probably crying now listening I hope to she's this. not uh, she might be I mean that's a pretty tough pill to swallow isn't it but um, at the same time when this relationship <laughs> <laughs> ended um, I was in hospital <laughs> when I got I think I was dumped but at that point it was like well, what were you in hospital with? it was nasty it was a nasty thing yeah. it was like a blood thing mm-hmm. it wasn't very well um, so you were really ill that's what I'm trying that's the point yeah. I'm trying to get across okay. Alex yeah, and, you, and you've been together for eight years by this point <laughs> <laughs> four kids <laughs> <laughs> I think we've been together for about Half a week. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I didn't want to bring it up when she was here. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what she recollects from it. Mm-hmm. So, so she dumped you when you were in hospital. That's what yeah. we're trying to get at. Mm-hmm. Pretty uh, harsh, Alex Haddo. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, you may be an excellent podcast guest, but heartless 11-year-old. Mm. Yeah. But then <laughs> well, that's, again... That's tragic on both sides, really. <laughs> <laughs> but we were fine after. I've been on the other side of a similar sort of arrangement where I ended up going out with a girl when I was 16, 17 for the best part of a year and it turned out that she wasn't actually asking me out in the first instance. She was asking out my friend. But, right. oh, oh, <laughs> how did you find <laughs> this out? These things happen. Oh, my God, that's I can't remember soul crushing. I, I found out, but, yeah, she fancied my mate. And, and she asked you to ask him out, but you just misread it. I th- no, there was a third party involved. It was at a nightclub, and the third party came over and said to me, uh, oh. she fancies you, and the message wasn't intended for me. It was intended for my oh, mate. No. So it prompted me to act. <laughs> so how did, how did you find out? I can't remember. But, but it, it was, was crushing. 
Uh, was it funny? No, because we, we, we were together by that point, so it didn't really matter. Uh, I guess. And plus we were 16, it didn't... Hmm. Yeah, but that's the kind of thing that can affect a 16-year-old feeling second best to you, mate. You must have felt that for your whole life with me. Oh, yeah, completely. I'm sure Alex won't be gutted to know that you, you thought you were getting a bit of Brenda and you ended up getting... Alex, anyway. A bit of. I'm a not sure if I'm comfortable yeah, of using that phrase <laughs> in just... any context, let alone about two 11-year-olds. <laughs> but yeah, that is um, something that I, I didn't bring up with Alex. Probably uh, for the best. Both, Probably we, for the best. I think we both knew, though, that this was a chapter of our childhood, and we've just chose to... You're confident that she's it. not blocked it out of her memory? She might have. Oh, if she has, then... I'd... Hello. <laughs> this is dredging up all sorts of horrible stuff for her that she'd buried deep inside. <laughs> I can see her thousand yard stare yeah. right now at the, the recollection of that trauma. While we're t- telling tales of woe, I'll throw this one in. When I was eight or nine, I had my first crush on a girl called Sophie at school. So it was like, it was a weird thing. I was like, oh, I like this girl. This is strange. Because um, everybody had always assumed you were gay. Uh, my parents from an a, a early age said, you know, that I was going to be a, a gay man. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, fast forward almost 20 years and I start a job and she's my new boss. Oh. And I was like, well, actually, she wasn't my boss to begin with, but she is now. I was like, I said to her, oh, we used to go to school together. And she just gave me a thousand yards there and didn't recognize me or remember, oh, remember me at all. And my little eight year old self died a little. Oh, that is sad. Oh, it is sad, isn't it? She, I'm not sure. She knows that I do a podcast, so she might end up hearing this. I'm not ashamed. It's fine. I was eight. You can't, you can't choose who you fancy. And I didn't choose her. I, I, did, I regret it deeply. <laughs> I didn't choose Alex. No, you didn't. You chose Brenda. <laughs> <sighs> How lovely. Yeah. There, we've we've all cleansed our soul a little bit. Bye. Uh, next week. <laughs> Next week, back. No bonus episode this week, so straight back to next Tuesday, episode 56. Yep. In the meantime, why not check out our daily shuffles on Instagram at Wikishuffle mm-hmm. or on Tumblr, also it's wikishuffle.tumblr.com. And follow us on Twitter at WikishufflePod and send us an email, podcast, podcast at, at wikishuffle.co.uk. Send us some posts. We've got a postcard that yep. we'll send back to you. I did if it. If you send us a postcard at 1B Headlands and N157ER Kettering. It's not quite the old um, live and kicking jingle. It's a jingle. It's the closest we've had. Mm. Send us a postcard. Wiki Shuffle HQ. Yeah. 1B Headlands, Kettering, NN157ER. We would very much love to hear from you. And then we will send you a postcard back. Next week back next week shall we do it again let's do it again yeah, yeah. Start, I'm getting into a bit of a rhythm now mm-hmm. quite like it mm. quite like it mm. it's good fun mm. we're educating the people mm. about all types of gates mm. my tragic love life <laughs> yeah it's good. it's more tragic for Alex <laughs> 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 unlucky Alex alright <laughs> bye Fitter, happier, more productive.
It's very good. It is, yeah. Was it? Worryingly good. Mm, and would good. explain so much if you're actually a cyborg, just pretending to be human. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 